0: Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern, and I'm so grateful to have you back with me for the second week of the second season of This One Thing. We have our dear friend Crystal Wright back with us today, and Crystal, I'm so grateful that you've come back, and I'm grateful that you picked this week's verse. Thank you for being here.
1: Yes, it's a good verse.
0: It really is. If you wouldn't mind, Crystal, go ahead and read our verse and pull out some truth for us to meditate on this verse this week with you.
1: So the verse this week is Hebrews 11:6, and it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Mm. I want to break this verse down into three sections just to help us kind of have a framework as we looked at pulling truth out and how to apply it into our life. And I think there's three components to this verse. The first one is the faith that we put in God. And, and God as he reveals himself to us, not as we create him, but there's this faith component. And then there's an aspect of this verse that is how we live out that faith. And it's described as earnestly or sincerely seeking him. And that's an action. It's a living out of of that faith that we have. And then the third component is really that promise of reward from God, yeah. that He is not a God that we can't outgive Him. He's not to be <laughs> outdone. He doesn't ask something of us. He always gives more. He always shows Himself to be faithful and true to the promises that He makes to, to His people. And so th- those are really the three aspects of this verse. And I want to give just a really short background on the book of Hebrews, that I think will help us even unpack the meaning of that more significantly. Hebrews is one of the books of the Bible that really intentionally connects the work that God did in the Old Testament and the way that he called his people to faith in the Old Testament, he really connects that to Christ in a very direct way. And he does that by emphasizing how Christ is better in every single way than anything that is that has come before. You know, he's mm. he's better than the angels, and the law, he's a better priest, he's a better sacrifice. And he makes that connection for us to the faith of the the Old Testament people to Christ. And our verse in particular falls in the chapter that gives us really a list of people who did walk out their faith. They did earnestly seek after God. Some of the words that describe them is that they were righteous. They walked with God. They had a holy fear. It was more than just a belief. There's a God out there somewhere that he is who he says he is. And we're going to walk that out despite what's going on around us because there is a reward. And that reward is the fact that God is going to remain true and faithful to us. He does have a plan. He, has, he is at work and we really can trust him. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the context that we find our verse in. But I think it's just important for us to really look at our faith Who are we placing it in? How are we walking our faith out? And what does it mean for God to reward those who earnestly seek him?
0: Mm. That is so helpful. I actually was taking notes while you were sharing that because I love any tool, any way of breaking down scripture that makes it more simple. I mean, we're going to move into choice. How do we apply this verse in a minute? And I know that that is going to help our listeners as well, not just myself, because I read a verse like this, and it says, it's impossible to please God without faith. So I'm human. So with all the other humans listening, you know, the first question we come up with is, well, well, how do I know if I have enough faith to please God? Mm -hmm. If it's impossible to please God, which obviously I want to do. I call myself a child of God, so I obviously want to please God. How do I know if I have enough faith, right? The Bible says I need a mustard seed. Do I have a mustard seed? How do I know? And so that's where you started is this is what faith is, and this is why it's so important. But how do we live it out? That was your number two. How do I live out this faith? It's two things, really. It's believing that he is who he says he is. And who he said he was to all of these people listed in this chapter from the Old Testament. And I think sometime we look at what's impossible in our lives. And this is kind of a, a reality check. It's a it's a change of focus. Instead of saying what I'm going through right now is impossible, it's it's impossible for me to please God if I'm not surrendering my circumstances to him, like all of these Old Testament figures listed in this chapter, right? So just off the top, the two that come to me first, which were, in, in my opinion, way more impossible situations than we're faced with today, we've got Noah, who's literally watching the world being flooded around him from the ark, right? I mean, can you imagine... Being the guy that God said, build this ark, I'm going to flood the earth. The, the amount of faith that it took under the ridicule that he was receiving from all the air quote sane people were saying, you're, you're crazy. You're crazy, man. There's no flood that's going to come and wipe us all out. So he's building this ark. He has no reason to believe that it's going to happen except for God told him and then that fear of, am I crazy for believing God told me to, to build this ark moves to the fear of, okay, the God who told me to build the ark is flooding the entire world. Can I trust him to save me and my family on this little tiny tree boat that I made compared to the vast of the world around me outside? I mean, it's a big boat, but not compared to the whole world being an ocean. Like that's impossible to have faith in the middle of that, right? Right. How about Abraham being told to sacrifice his own son? That's impossible. He's being asked to trust that God is who he says he is. And that is why he put Isaac up on the altar. And I think it's so important, Crystal, that we all take a look at Hebrews 11 this week. We need to read this chapter again, because first and most importantly, yes, this is foreshadowing Jesus being better than all of these Old Testament figures, but it also puts into perspective what's being asked of us in this chapter. We're being told that it's impossible to please God unless one, we believe that he is who he says he is. And two, that he is rewarding us today and in the future because crystal, how hard is it to believe that when we walk through sickness And loss of income, loss of our jobs or losing loved ones, you know, and we're in a season, not just in America, but in the world where there's so much loss, loss on every level all around us, loss of safety, feeling safe, loss of peace loss of income, loss of health. There is so much loss. And it's so important for us to remember that faith is, first of all, believing that God is who he says he is and standing firm. And this is with both hands, death grip on the promise that he is and he will reward us when? When we earnestly and sincerely seek him with all of our hearts, And this verse reminds me of the promise that we find in Matthew 6.33 that says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because when you do, the promise is there that he is going to take care of, add to you everything else. Everything will be attended to by your God who sees you, knows you, and loves you desperately. He says, I will take care of everything in your life. When you seek me first and my kingdom first. And that's what this verse is saying. I will reward, not maybe, not I can reward or. Is about a 50 50. I'm rewarding you. I know you have, Crystal. I know so many of my listeners either have or are right now walking through a season and they're raising their hand, you know, right now as, as they're listening to this podcast, going, Oh, you have no idea. I am not being rewarded right now. Everything is being taken away from me, Carrie. Everything. And I'm saying to you, dear listener, read Hebrews 11 because these. Figures, these mountains of faith that we look up to, they walked through seasons too, where they were tempted to doubt, but they held on tight to God being who He says He is, and that He is and he will reward those who are sincerely, consistently and earnestly seeking Him and putting him and his kingdom first, because ultimately were the reward crystal is him, is a relationship with him, is a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate reward. And when we're seeking him, that reward is a promise and it never fails. So as we have unpacked this verse with your help, with those three main pillars that you created for us to kind of hinge all of this on, Crystal, what is the choice that you would like our listeners to prayerfully consider making this week?
1: I think the choice starts with actually believing that this entire verse is true. And I know that sounds like, okay, that's brilliant, Crystal, right? Just believe it. But what I mean by that is I think that we are tempted to believe parts of it, but maybe not all of it. And depending on our own story, our own vulnerability, we may choose to believe part of it and reject a different part than somebody else would. But I think that we have a temptation to kind of split this apart and be like, oh, it's all about faith and it's not about works or or how you act your faith out. Or we can be on the side of feeling like, well, I'm trying and trying and trying and to please God and no matter what I do. It's not good enough for him or, or there is no reward. We can kind of take on that. The story of the prodigal, the older brother who felt like he did nothing but do the right thing for God and God did not reward him. So I think we have to start by choosing to believe that this entire verse is true and we need all three of these parts to be authentic and genuine in our walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, true faith and pure faith is always walked out you know it's it's always packaged together god God doesn't have the ability to split that apart. As humans, we tend to think, oh, it's faith versus works. But with God, it is spiritually impossible to split true faith apart from how we live that out in our lives. And so that would be my challenge. The choice for the believer is to really wrestle with this verse and challenge yourself about what part of this verse are you struggling to really believe? Is it the part where you say you have faith, but there's no fruit of it being walked out in your life and you need to evaluate that? Or is it the the part about really doubting that God is going to come through and be, you know, hold to be true and good on his promises? Is that the part that, that you struggle with? And get really honest with yourself on that. I know you and I have worked for many years counseling different people, and I feel like at the core, The process of counseling is so much about helping people reconcile their deepest held belief with what they Mm -hmm. say and how they actually live, to have that come in alignment and to be congruent. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. as believers, this is our verse (laughs) to really wrestle with and say, is all of this congruent in my life? Do I believe who God says he is? Do I walk that out? And do I have an expectation that he is faithful, that he is going to come through on his promises to me?
0: Absolutely. I think using that rubric you've created, these are the three things that we can choose. We can choose to apply this verse with these three main considerations. And along with that, I, I think that that is so well said and so important. So, along with that, I would like for all of us, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, to say to Him, What are the things in my life that feel impossible? going back again, I, I want to encourage all of us, even if you've read it recently, read Hebrews 11 again, because these are some very intense circumstances that these people are exhibiting their faith in. And I've said for years, this is a rhetorical question, but we need to be asking it. If I have never been required to walk by faith. What is faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things I can't see yet. If I have never been required to walk by faith, to trust God in an area that I cannot see with my physical eyes, do I have faith? Do I have faith at all if I've never exercised it? Or is faith a muscle? And I have it when I choose it when it's required of me. And I think if you read through Hebrews 11, you will see just a litany of people that were faced with terrifying, overwhelming obstacles and impossible circumstances. And they were, you know, metaphorically walking out on the edge of the cliff and free falling and say, God, I am going to step out and I'm going to step off this cliff because I believe with every fiber of my being to the point of actually risking my life I believe that you are who you say you are, and that you're going to reward me if I risk it all for you. And I think, sadly, Crystal, for us, in, in our in our maturity as Christian men and women, we don't live in a culture that this kind of faith is often required of us. You know, we hear horror stories from missionaries around the world, but I really believe that what you're asking us to do is so important to let the Holy Spirit come in and convict us. Because if there's no fruit, do we really have faith? If we're not taking risks, if we're not stepping out, and if we're never uncomfortable, if we're never saying, God, I feel like you're asking me to go talk to that neighbor or call that person who, told me they hated me and never wanted to hear from me again but you're telling me to call whatever the scary impossible thing is i'm encouraging myself and all of us to say lord How do you want me to walk out my faith this week? What are the areas that are scary, that feel impossible, that feel intimidating? What are the people, the situations or the circumstances that I find myself pulling away, trying to protect myself instead of saying, God, this is an opportunity for you to grow my faith or maybe give me faith in the first place, because this is an opportunity for me to live out that I do actually believe that you are who you say you are, and that you're going to reward me in this circumstance. Now, the reward might not look or feel like I want it to. I might not get warm fuzzies from humans when I step out and do what God asks me to do. But again, the reward is always, in a spiritual sense, the reward is always more of him, more of a relationship with him, more of an understanding, more intimacy more experiencing his love. I mean, the ultimate expression of a relationship with God here on this earth is the ability to shut out the world, to shut out the voice of humans and most especially the enemy and to bask in the love and the presence of God. It is the little slice of heaven that we have here on earth through the power of the Holy Spirit that is a taste of heaven to come. And it is possible through faith. And he's asking us to live in a faith that pleases Him, not because He's a narcissist, not because He's an attention seeking, you know, God who who needs all of our attention to feel good about Himself. He's saying, I want you to have faith that pleases me because I know, dear children of mine, dear human children of mine, that you will be the beneficiary. Your reward being more of me is peace and rest, like we talked about last week, and safety and security, regardless of your circumstances and regardless of what's going on in the world around us. So Crystal, do you have any final thoughts on this verse for this week?
1: Well, I'm just really glad you brought up the truth about the reward is so much deeper than Mm -hmm. God answering prayers or our circumstances. It's so much Mm -hmm. deeper than that. It's true fellowship with Him. And we get tastes of it now, but we get it for all of eternity because of Christ. So I'll just share personally how I put this verse into practice today. So the nice thing about... Doing a podcast or sharing, as you really get to wrestle with the truth of the verse in our own lives. And some of you may know, but I've worked um, in homeless shelters for years, trying to help women be able to have homes and to be stable. And about a year and a half ago, I lost my home through a series of of circumstances that came into my life, and picked up and moved. And I'm kind of recently refacing, looking at needing to move again because they're selling the condo that I'm living in. And so I've just been battling all day about, Lord, you know, I want to have faith, but it doesn't match up with what I can see right now. I feel like I'm without a home that I've been without a true sense of home for for a long time. And yet I've poured my life into wanting to serve homeless. (laughs) And so I all day long got an opportunity to take my thoughts captive and to go back to this verse and say, no, Lord, I know who you are. I'm going to walk Mm. my faith out whether or not I see all my prayers being answered because I know that the reward that I have in you is worth more than the most beautiful home on the face of this earth. And so I think that as we apply it, it comes down to really simple, tangible areas of of our own life that um, we can really choose to hold on to this verse with
0: um mm, crystal thank you so much that is so powerful and it's so necessary for all of us to just humble ourselves before god and say i can't even have the faith you're requiring of me unless you give it to me i need it today i need it in this moment and so crystal i'd like to pray for all of us that we would be men and women that don't just speak that we have faith that live out our faith in this next week thank you again so much for being here And listeners, I'm excited to have you back next week with me. I'll have my dear friend Melina Puente here. We'll be in Romans 15, verse 4. But let's pray and let's ask God to help us walk out our faith this week. Father God, we need you. It is impossible for us to please you unless you infuse us with the faith you call us into. I pray that we would be men and women that believe you are who you say you are. And that you are a rewarder of us who earnestly and fervently and consistently and sincerely seek you with all of our hearts. We want to be men and women that please you. And we need you through the power of your Holy Spirit to give us the faith required to do just that. We are free falling on your grace. We are dependent on you. And it is in the strong and powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyander. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.